today on Real Life Radio. You're my favorite, God says, to you. Listen, if you're saying today, well, that's for somebody else sitting around me. You've missed it. Stop insulting him. Okay, admit it that you don't believe him, but don't blame him. Blame yourself for not allowing yourself to be spoiled by him. This is Real Life. Welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. Hey, this is Jack Hibbs here, and I want to encourage you to get our brand new book, Living in the Days of Deception. This book is specifically written to help you and I navigate these very deceptive times. Here's a special offer. Yes, it is available wherever books are sold. However, right here at jackhibbs.com, if you order it here with us, you will get and only get right here four video teachings where I address certain aspects of the book with you personally. And so we look forward to you getting your own copy, Living in the Days of Deception, right here at jackhibbs.com, and you can get the four exclusive bonus teachings as well. Living in the Days of Deception by Jack Hibbs is available for a gift of any amount at jackhibbs.com slash days. That's D-A-Z-E, days. Once again, jackhibbs.com slash D-A-Z-E. On today's edition of Real Life Radio, Pastor Jack continues his new series called What Jesus Christ Sees in His Church, Part 2. Now, 1 Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul to the Church of God in Corinth. And this is a study on how to stay true to the gospel message of Jesus Christ and how not to be caught up in human-born philosophies. You see, the church in Corinth had lost its purpose, having been carried away by the city's affluence and economic prosperity. But Jesus, he had a specific purpose for his church, and if his church loses its light, well, it loses its influence in the world. So today, Pastor Jack teaches us that the city of Corinth, Greece, has a culture that's so dark, what really was the answer for the church? To return to the true basics of the gospel, living an all-sufficient life that outshines every earthly desire. Now, with his message called, What Jesus Christ Sees in His Church, Part 2, here's pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs. God has selected us. His very specific purpose for the church, for you and I, is is not that we uh, do this solo. We can't be solo. We've got to do this together. It's the greatest way to grow. Point number two is this, verse two. Point two is verse two, and it says what, what Jesus Christ sees in his church is this, that it's strategically positioned. That's how Jesus sees his church. It's an amazing thing to consider this, that Jesus Christ has strategically positioned his church. Why do some churches succeed and others don't? Why do some in some areas where you and I would say a church will never work there, it works? And then why do we see in some areas, oh, a church has got to be planted here and it doesn't work? I don't understand it. It's a God thing, but I know this. God, Jesus, his church, he sees it strategically positioned. You and I never would have said, hey, let's, you know, let's move to Corinth and start a church. It wouldn't have happened. He says there, verse 2, to the church of God, which is at Corinth. This is both laughable and tragic at the same time, because as we said before, Corinth was, Corinth was a very carnal, backslidden church in a very, very carnal, godless city. And that's why Paul's writing this letter 
to get them out of their stupor. This is a great book to wake a church up. It's a great book to wake a Christian up. In fact, if you know any dying churches, have them study the letter to 1 Corinthians because that church was dying. When he uses the word church, it's an amazing thing, to the church. Ecclesia is the word in the Greek. It means the ones, listen, you remember how Paul was called? It's, listen to this, it's called out ones. The church, the church, do you see yourself as a spiritual member of a body of believers anywhere? Is it here? Is it somewhere else? Guess what? You really are if you are in that body of believers. I don't want to upset somebody unnecessarily, but if it upsets you because it's something God is using, then so be it. If you're here today or if you're listening and you're saying, I'm a Christian, but I don't talk to anybody. I don't go to church. I sit in my house because I choose to, not because I have to. And I don't, uh, my feelings have been hurt over the years and I'm just, I'm just keeping my eyes on Jesus and I'm not, I'm just not going to talk to people. Did you know that you're sinning against the Lord? Did you know that he designed you and I to mingle among the body of Christ? Did you know that wherever you live, he has called you to invest in that local body of believers? If it's the church at Corinth or the church at Chino Hills or Silver Lake or Anaheim, did you know that? It's not for us to vote on. We are to be responding to his strategically positioning us within a church. Now watch this. He has positioned us where we are. And I love this. <laughs> this is fun to me. He's positioned us where we are. You say, Jack, what do you mean by that? It means that if you're a believer and if you're sitting here right now, or if you're going back to where your home is, that he has very strategically placed you. And for us here, it's where we are. I can't believe I moved to this city. I, I don't know. Hey, I understand that. You guys, I told you before, when we moved from Costa Mesa to here, this is the furthest we've ever lived away from the ocean. I thought we had moved straight to hell itself. <laughs> he very, very specifically and strategically purposes us and positions us where he wants us to be. Where are you? Oh, I wish I knew where God wanted me to be. Hey, until you know more, guess what? Where are you standing right now? That's where God wants you to be. Let him be that big, okay? Let him be that big in your life. It's pretty awesome, pretty exciting. That can happen. Also this, look at verse two. He has positioned us where he is. It's the church. It says to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. You guys, this is ridiculously amazing. To those who are sanctified, the word means that the Lord Jesus Christ has taken you out of the world and has placed you into another spot that is in his kingdom, and he sanctified you. The word sanctified means this. Listen, everyone. He made you holy, pure. He's consecrated you. Can everybody hear me? I'm not asking you if you feel like it. It's what he has said. See, I don't understand it. I didn't ask you to understand it. I just asked you to believe what he said. He has sanctified you. He has positioned us where he is. The church, as it were, think about this, you guys. There, there's two sides to every door. Let's agree on that. You, when you left your home this morning, you went from one side of the door and you walked out and you looked back and there's the other side of the door. It's the same door, two sides. Are you sanctified? The Bible says yes. Are you being sanctified? 
The Bible says yes. Well, which one is it? Both. It's the same door. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14 says, for by one offering, he has perfected, past tense, made complete, forever, those who are being sanctified. What does that mean? Am I sanctified or not? Yes, listen. Because you're sanctified by God, that is set apart to his glory, you in this life are being set apart for his glory every day you live among one another. We're growing like that. That's why we've got to be together. And then the other side of the door is this. Hebrews 10.10 says, for by that will we have been, past tense, uh, sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. This is awesome. You guys revel in this. Your place with Christ is secure. You're positioned in him. Because that's true, today, in a moment, you're going to get up and you're going to go out into the world. And because you are in an unshakable place with Christ, you are deployed out into a world that needs you and the confidence that you now have in Christ. You are a Christian. You are a child of God. You are a joint heir of Jesus Christ. You have been strategically, specifically, beautifully purposed and placed to make a difference wherever you go. Colossians 3, 1. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 says, if then you were raised with Christ... That's a statement of fact. You have been raised. Since those things which, or seek those things which are above, wherefore, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above. You get to do this now. Not on things of the earth, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. My identity is now in Jesus Christ. Wow. So now whatever I do, I'm coming from that position, that place of being owned by Jesus, of being his. Third, under this point, look at this. He sees us strategically positioned within his church this way. He has positioned us where they are. And that's an interesting thing. He says at the latter end of verse two, he says with all who in every place Call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Two words I want you to circle immediately. Both theirs and ours. This is amazing. The word ours in the construction means that we are at or we are with the believers at Corinth, Sosthenes and I, and the word theirs is an elongation. The word means that we're every place where believers gather together, born again, in route, heaven, followers of Jesus, theirs, here's what it means. That we are specifically positioned with the entire body of Christ, for now anyway, in the time span of the last 2,000 years. In the mind of God, he sees no time difference between those who died 500 years ago in Jesus or those who died 2,000 years ago in Jesus. This is an amazing thing. You're listening to Real Life with Pastor Jack Hibbs. You know, to hear more episodes and maybe catch up in the series, just go to jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. And for now, let's get back to our teaching. Once again, here's Pastor Jack. We're talking about the ultimate unity. And that's an amazing thing because 
Greece was divided up. There's, there's some pictures of the Parthenon we want you to see. This was the, this is in Athens and there's the Acropolis. Mars Hill, by the way, is just to the left. It's a, a stony area where Paul uh, gave his presentation. Not much has changed, by the way. You can see the ancient part of the city down below, the 2,000 years old. But uh, the uh, Parthenon, over 2,000 years old, all these various gods are represented. Everybody's divided because somebody would be a worshiper of Zeus, somebody would be a worshiper of, of uh you know, Diana, somebody would be, and uh, Aphrodite, she was worshipped here at the uh, uh, Parthenon. Uh, just all this various stuff, the world was divided up by all these various gods. And then the message of Jesus comes along and says, no, no, the power of God unites the world in one way. Not with the United Nations, not with the United uh, European Union, not with the United States of America, but with the united body of Christ that is a conglomeration, as it were, of faith and spirit, not some universal kumbaya, uh, let's, let's just think spiritual thoughts. It's the blood of Jesus that wells the church together. And he's saying it's both theirs and ours. We've been brought together as one and we need to live like it, he says. And it's an amazing thing to consider. The scripture argues that the clear observation of the love of God is manifested in the unity of the body of Christ. You guys, we are to be united. Number three, third point, we'll end with this. What Jesus sees in his church, number three, is found in verse three. And it's Jesus sees us securely placed. This is glorious. It says grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think about that for a moment. Securely placed. We would look at that word, study it, understand that verse, and this is what it means. It would be like this if I was to make an illustration. Have you ever, have you ever looked at a team and said to yourself, I wish I was on that team? Have you ever looked at um, a group and said, Boy, I wish I was on that group. I wish I was in that group right there. Whatever that thought is, think about this. Today, in your mind, in your heart, do you want, do you desire to be with him? To be one of his? The Bible then says grace to you. That's what the announcement is. To all those, both theirs and ours, who want to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ, then number one, grace to you and peace from God our Father. And this is a great thing. Check this out. He is saying to us today, as Christians, you've been put on display. He has placed us on display. When he says grace to you, the word grace is that famous Greek word charis, and it means this, by divine influence. I love this word, you guys, it means this. Watch, watch, watch. It goes just like this. Just me, if I were just walking along and I would say, okay, you, Mike, and you, Karen, and you, uh, Betty, and you, Bill, and, and you, Susie, and, and you, Keith, and you... And you just pick like that? Remember how you, remember? Oh, I wish you would have, oh, I wish I was on that team. Oh, I wish I was in that group. Watch, listen to you, listen to this. Look around. You, he has picked. That's why you're here right now. There's 80,000 people outside these walls living their life. You're here. Why? His grace has favored you. His grace said, Todd, 
I'm going to favor you. And then knowing Todd, Todd says, why would you favor me? I'm a nincompoop. And God says, I, I, love, I love nincompoops, Jack. I, I say to God, God, why, why would you pick me? I'm an absolute bonehead. And God says, I love boneheads. You guys, grace to you. It means divine favor. God says, I'm going to eeny, meeny, miny, mo." I'm going to pour out my grace and favor. I'm going to spoil that person. <laughs> you guys, you ever heard a teacher's pet? Humans have a tendency to do that. That's my favorite. You're my favorite, God says, to you. Listen, listen, you're missing it. If you're saying today, well, that's for somebody else sitting around me. You've missed it. Stop insulting him. Okay, admit it that you don't believe him. Confess that you don't trust him. But don't blame him. Blame yourself for not allowing yourself to be spoiled by him. Stop resisting him. Grace to you, he says. And peace. This is the peace of God in your life. He's put us on display. Secondly, liberty. You've been placed at liberty. We've been set free. You know what's funny about us? You know the stuff that trips us up? The stuff of the past? Old memories? Old situations? Things of our old life? God never intended those things to still control our lives. We let those things control us. The moment we came to Christ, we became a new creation. Brand new. And why do we loiter in the past? Because for some perverse reason... We let ourselves hang out there. When over and over again in scripture, he says, come on over, cross over the Jordan, cross over the Red Sea. Isn't it interesting that the cross is called a cross? Come to me. We are brand new people. We've been set at liberty. The church at Corinth was liberated and yet they wallowed in the past. And that shouldn't have been. My friends, the gospel is all sufficient for every one of our needs. For all of our needs. And I thought about that, by the way. I thought, and I wrote this down. I wrote this down this morning. How long will we allow sin to trash our lives? I understand that we're not going to be sinless in this life. But here's what happens. A believer, a lover of God, starts out his Christian walk, maybe recently, Going along, everything's great. And then, then they trip up. They fall down. They fall victim to the habits or the sins of the past. And then they feel what? Immediately they feel, well, maybe I need to go back to church and get born again again. Maybe I need to go forward again. Or maybe I need to raise my hand again. Maybe I, you know what I'm talking about? You only need to raise your hand once, my friend. You only need to be born again once. <laughs> Why? Because he took you seriously. And so he moves on in, takes control of your life, but we fall down sometimes. And here's what happens. Sometimes we fall down and we start listening to the wrong one who tells us, you can't get up. And if you did get up, do you think he would want you? You shame his name. You're a loser. You are a, you're the worst Christian that Christianity's ever known. You know who I'm talking about? Who talks to you like that? 
I don't even need Satan to talk to me like that. I'll talk to me like that. And then I've got to pick up my Bible and read the word of God and get faith back into my life again. Because what does God say about me? God says, you're my boy. Lord, how can you say that I'm your boy? Because I love you. How can you say that you love me? I do. That's me. Jack, if you keep reading in my Bible, it says that I am holy, I am light, and I am love. But God, but God, but God, in, in his loving way, he says, well, you, Jack, put a sock in it and listen to what I'm telling you. I have chosen you, called you, selected you, positioned you, placed you. That was my choice. I didn't ask you about it, Jack, in eternity. I know. Some of you need to hear this. Some of you won't be able to handle this. But God may very well be saying to some, will you enjoy me? Can we just hang out? And will you stop thinking so much? And believe me when I tell you And if you understand that, if you want to understand that, we close with this final consideration is that you've been placed on a rock. Look what it says. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of you who doubt the deity of Jesus, that wonderful verse 3 right here will give you an ulcer for the rest of your life. I mean it sincerely. Any of you studying Greek or you want to go study it, figure this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Go head first and figure this out. You can't get away from it. It is a statement by Paul the Apostle in such a way, in the original language, that it places the equality of Jesus Christ exactly with that of God the Father, making them absolutely one. You see, why is that important? Because my friend... Remember how we open this message and we end it. Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. Do you know what the rock was when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, that's right. And upon that rock, Peter, his name, Peter means pebble, not pebbles like Flintstone, but pebble, little pebble, little Peter. Hey, pebble. Flesh and blood didn't tell you to say that. My Father which is in heaven. And upon that statement you just made, the church will be built. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. <laughs> you say, well, why do, you, you said it earlier. Why do some churches start and some fail? Those are local churches for whatever reasons God will decipher in the end. But the church, universal, you guys, the believers, your brothers and sisters in Belarus right now, your brothers and sisters in Honolulu, your brothers and sisters right now in Moscow, your brothers and sisters right now in Paraguay. Are you with me? They're all over the place. And so Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth. When they're reading this, they had to be, he's talking about us? Are you sure he's talking about us? Are you sure you... Are you? Yeah. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Life Radio, with his message called, What Jesus Christ Sees in His Church, Part 2. 
We're glad you joined us today. You know, this message is part of Pastor Jack's series called First Corinthians. It's a series on the Corinthian church and the Apostle Paul's bold call for purity. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Life Radio. Are you searching for answers these days in a world where truth is hard to find? Well, my friend, as you heard in our broadcast, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if you'd like to learn more about what that means to you personally, just go to our website, jackhibbs.com, and then click on that tab there that's labeled No God. And there you'll be guided through what committing to Jesus Christ really means and the freedom that you'll find in knowing God. That's the No God tab at our website, jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. Jesus warned us that in the end times, deception like a virus will spread like wildfire. Disguised as the answer to all our problems, our secular culture can only offer replacements to the truth. The good news is that the truth of the Bible is the cure. In Pastor Jack Hibbs' new book called Living in the Days of Deception, he exposes the lies with knowledge, experience, and scripture. In a world of deceit, this book is a powerful tool for answers and for truth. From the inspiring foreword written by Mike Pompeo to the final chapter, Living in the Days of Deception is a powerful must-read. Let the deception of this world stop here. Order Living in the Days of Deception today by making a gift of any amount to the Ministry of Real Life. Order now and you'll receive exclusive bonus video content by Pastor Jack. Go to jackhibbs.com slash days. That's D-A-Z-E days. jackhibbs.com slash days. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Life Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Life Radio.